let's start out now. I want to read Psalm 100 verse three. And it reads this way. Know that the Lord, he is God. I want you to see that big. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The message Bible brings out at the end there, we are his well-tended sheep. That's us. We're well-tended. All right, folks. Y'all got to sleep later than all the other crews this morning. I know you braved some thunder, but uh, we're here now and we're, we're going to get into this, okay? So we are his well-tended sheep. Are you glad about that this morning? Okay, good deal. Now, we are in this imagery and this metaphor here of shepherd and sheep. We are the sheep. We are the sheep. And I don't need to, I don't want to be offensive at all, but I do have to remind you that sheep are not the brightest critters. Okay. I had a gentleman in first service. He said that when he was a young man, he actually worked help tending some sheep. And this is his quote. They're dumb as bricks. Okay. (laughs) So I didn't say that he said that. Okay. But I agree with him, but, um, we are sheep and we need a shepherd. And the good thing is we have a shepherd, but I want to give you a little insight into who that shepherd would be. Okay. Who that shepherd is. And, and this verse that we just read, know that the Lord, he is God and we are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. So our, our shepherd is the Lord who is God, who has unlimited unreal resources. Let's go ahead and read Psalm 23 all together. And it'll be on the screen for you. Let's all read this together right now. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's good stuff. Come on, church. That's good stuff right there. All right. Now, let's look at verse 1. Again, in the Living Bible, and it's just just powerful here. It says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. I love that. I love that, Pat. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Then in the Amplified Bible, it reads this way. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful that that is our shepherd. Our shepherd is a good shepherd. Our shepherd is a good shepherd. Now he is revealed in John chapter 10 as the good shepherd. Then over in Hebrews 13, he is revealed as the great shepherd. And then in first Peter chapter five, he's revealed as the chief shepherd. Now the good shepherd says that he lays down his life. He gives his life. The great shepherd lives his life and the chief shepherd will appear again. He's coming back for us. So we actually are covered by a shepherd past, present, and future. Then in 1 Peter 2.25, 
we see another reference to this. And let's read this one together here. And it says, for you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to, watch this, the shepherd and overseer of our what? Of our souls. The shepherd and the overseer, a better word from the Greek means just the guardian, the guardian overseer. He's watching over the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Now, let's think back because we just read this in Psalm 23, verse 3. And we'll put this up for you here. And it says this, just the first part. What does it say here? First four words. He restores my soul. Read that again. He restores my soul. Now, remember back First Peter says that he is the shepherd and overseer of our souls. And here it says that he restores my soul. Bear that in mind. And we're going to hit that quite a bit here this morning. Um, let's see if you can remember something I shared with you a couple of weeks ago. The ultimate purpose of scripture is what? And if you were here earlier, don't say anything. The ultimate purpose of scripture is what? Time's up. Um, application, application. The purpose of scripture is not so we can read stuff or feel, you know, religiously soothed or, you know, we did the busy work or whatever. It is to be applied, it is to be applied. I learned early on that spiritual knowledge without practical application is ignorance. So it's not just hearing, but it's, there's some doing involved. We try to always as a, uh, an intentional thing with every service, bring you a point of action. So I need you to pay real close attention to this. Today, it's going to be quite different. You might feel a little bit when we finish this message today, a little flat footed even. It's like, what do I do? Because normally I'm always going to give you something to do. I want to go ahead and tell you that our application for today, though, follow this here. The application for today, I'm not going to give you something that we need to do. Instead, And I feel like this is what the Lord would have me do today. All we're going to do is give you something that you need to know. And so our theology sometimes is, but I got to do something. I I should do something. I should follow through. You you need to cooperate with, with what's going to be told. But I honestly feel like this is one of those things that the Lord just wants you today to just, he just wants you to know this, just to know this. And you're going to see that it's something you'd better know. And so I'm warning you up front because some some of us, the way we're wired, okay, okay, now what do we do? Or the way our theology is, and, and like I just explained about application, we, okay, we gotta, we got to go apply this. we got to go do this. And I want to just put you at ease and tell you that with, with great certainty of this in my heart, I, w- I believe that the Lord today just simply, this is our application, He just wants you to know something. Okay, y'all good? Everybody awake? All right, look at me. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. He restores my soul. Say it with me. He restores my soul. Now, we're going to break that down a little bit and then mean more to you. But I want you to say it again. I mean, make this yours because this is what you got to know. Okay, and there is a test on Friday. Just joking. Just say this like you you mean it. Make it yours. He restores my soul. Did you know your soul needs restored? Absolutely. Let's 
let's talk about this for a moment. First of all, let's locate our soul. You have three parts to you, essentially. Now, when I was a youth pastor, and that was long ago, it was uh, last century, and I taught on this, and the next week I came back and I'm reviewing this, and uh, I said, who remembers what the three parts of us are? And this little guy, his name is Jimmy. I know, I know, I know, I know. I said, okay, Jimmy. He said, head, thorax, and limbs. <laughs> I said, buddy, you kind of got grasshoppers, science, and Bible all mixed up here, okay? So here's, here's the three parts. You ready for this? Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Now follow this. And I, I teach this periodically because we have to understand this. It helps you to understand you as well. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Okay, so your body is like your earth suit. And so the real you is your what? Your spirit. Your spirit. And the body, most people are overly body conscious. And it's just the outside that they take care of. Let me pause there. You should take care of the outside. Absolutely. That's how you get around. This is what you've got to use to serve God in. You, you have to present yourself and influence people and help people. You've got to be strong and well. And for God's sake, don't be ugly either. So, you know, and don't be smelly and, and things like that, you know. So do your best with what you got. Do your best with what you got. Okay. But that's not you. And it's like my jacket, you know, and if I take my jacket off, what will it do? It'll fall. It'll fall to the ground. And that's what happens to your body when the real you leaves at death, when your spirit leaves and it's your spirit that's absent from the body and then present with the Lord. You follow me? And so the real you is your spirit. That's who you are. And then you have a soul. And I believe that the soul is so intricately woven with the spirit that it's hard for us to even separate. The scripture tells us in Hebrews that it takes the word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's so surgically sharp. That's the only way you're going to be able to separate and discern between the thoughts and intents, separate between the spirit and the and the soul. And I do believe that the soul also is eternal. The spirit is eternal. I believe the soul is eternal as well. And then you have your body. Let's look at the soul because the soul needs to be restored. Now, the soul contains this, or this is what happens in the soul. Your intellect, your emotions, and your will. Your intellect, you follow me? Your emotions and your will. Let me, let me put it a better way. It's where you think, it's where you feel, it's where you decide. How many of your thinking's ever been off before? You've had stinking thinking. Come on, come on, come on. All right, good. It's all of us. At times, we just, you know, and, and let me tell you that it's all tied together because that's your thinking. What about your feeling? What about your emotions? How many of your emotions have ever just been whacked before? Come on. 
Some of you are not raising your hand because you're whack right now. You're just like, I ain't. Okay, so feelings get off, emotions get off, and then here's what's at stake. Think, feel, decide. Then you're going to make wrong decisions. You know, you can, you should never make an emotional decision. Never make an emotional decision. That's why there are wedding chapels in Las Vegas. And there's also plenty of divorce attorneys in Las Vegas, you know. And it's like, what was I thinking? You're drunk and dumb and everything else. So, but, but here's what happens though. When our thinking is off, when our feeling, our emotions are off, when our, then our decisions are going to be off. And let me tell you that that happens to all of us. All of us. Can I get any volunteers this morning? That's all of us. What causes this? And that's in the soul. What causes this? I'm going to list a few things and you, you kind of let me know if that's you. These are some of the things that, that throw us off, that wear us down in our thinking, our feeling, and our deciding. Um, here's one. Life. Okay. How about this? Pressure. Uh, uncertainty. Uh, injustice. Strife. Okay. Sin, guilt, grief, grudges, just on and on. These things happen. So you know what this this tells us? Listen to me. That's happening in our soul. That's throwing our soul off. Our soul must be renewed. Here's the thing you need to know. Not do, but know. He Restores my soul. Everybody say it. He restores my soul. Do you see how important that is? Now, in Psalm 42, um, there's 150 Psalms. Uh, I've got them all memorized. Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 3. And I'm able to jump around too. So, um, 23rd Psalm, uh, 150 Psalms. David wrote the majority of them, but David did not write all of them. But David did write, and it's interesting when you study them out, that there's imagery that gets used in interesting, important ways. The 23rd Psalm written by David, also the 42nd Psalm is also written by David. And David has some things that connect here. I want us to look at one verse in Psalm 42, verse 11. And keep in mind what we just talked about regarding your soul. And he says this, why are you cast down? Help me. Oh, my soul. And why are you disquieted within, within me? Me, who's me? His soul, him inside. For I will yet, or he says, hope in God. The living Bible says this, expect God to act. I love that. Expect God to act. That's what hope in God is. I'm expecting God to act. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Now notice this. He said, he's looking in his soul. You need to do this sometimes. Why are you cast down, O my soul? You ever felt that way? And why are you disquieted within me? What's going on? Folks, listen. Don't just live a life where you're agitated or disturbed or depressed or whatever. Don't live that way. You're not supposed to live that way. It happens. 
It happens to all of us. It's a continuous cycle. Things happen like that. But don't stay that way. Resist that. I said resist that. Well, I did yesterday and the day before and it's back again. Well, okay, you're at a 4th of July picnic and a mosquito comes and you swat away. And then another one comes and you swat them away. And they keep coming. When are you going to stop swatting? I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to spray myself or go inside, okay? But, but we're going to do something about it. You don't just keep letting it happen. Do not live down like that. Understand that when you're that way, you need the Lord to restore your soul. And you need to, it helps if you can just identify it and to realize, why am I cast down on my soul? Why am I disquieted within me? Let's look at these words real quick here. Cast down, Old Testament written in Hebrew, means this, to sink or, or to depress, to bring low, to bring down. And then he says, why are you disquieted within me? That means not quiet, disquieted. Quieted, not quiet, something disturbed, something interrupted the quiet or the peace, and it causes you to cry out. And so when you're down in your soul that way, when you're cast down in your soul and you're disquieted, what do you need to happen? What do you need to happen to your soul? It needs to be restored. Let's talk about the word restore here just for a moment. How many of you know, um, well, let me give you the, the major meaning here. Restore means to bring back, to bring back. So it has a couple ways you could apply that. Let's apply it to cars this morning, okay? So if somebody steals your car and the police find it and they restore it to you, they what? They brought it back. We had a dog years ago. It was a miniature pincer, mini pin. Uh, A good friend of ours said it looked like a cockroach on stilts. (laughs) We named it Shaq. Um, and although it was at times a fun, cool dog, it just, well, we ended up getting rid of it later on. And there's a whole lot to do with that. I won't go into all the graphic story, but there were times where it was so little and small, it could get out and it just the littlest place under our fence or something. It would just be gone. And I have, I'll go ahead and admit it publicly today. There were sometimes my kids would be crying because the dog's oh, the dog's gone. And there were sometimes inside it's like, thank God. <laughs> 20 minutes later, doorbell, ding dong. And there would be somebody restoring Shaq back to us, <laughs> giving us the dog. So that's one way is to bring back in that way. So he restores our soul in the sense that he brings us back to him. But I want us to look at it in a different way. Restore also means bring back in this sense. How many of you know that some people restore cars? Okay, seven of you. Let me tell the rest of you. Some people take old cars and they restore them. They bring them back to what they were or what they should be. And so they get original parts or really research out and get something refabricated to bring it back to look like it once was or once it should be. I went to the dentist this week. I had to have a tooth worked on. And I noticed in some little brochures and signs, I noticed three different times the word restore, restore. 
They were going to restore your smile or restore the whiteness or brightness of your teeth or restore a tooth that was broken or whatever. They could restore. What does that mean? It means to bring it back, to bring it back to what it should be, what it could be. He, y'all with me? He restores my soul. He restores my soul. It also in its meaning means this, to reinvigorate, reinvigorate. That means to put the vigor back in. Did y'all know that your soul is supposed to be invigorated? Did y'all know you're supposed to have some vigor? Now, right now would be a good time to have some vigor. Okay. So I'm working up here and this is round three for me and I'm excited. I would, I would do more, but some of y'all act like I'm reading the, reading the, the, the phone book. Okay. So hop in on this. This is, this is for you. So that you can know that he restores my vigor. He also will, this word also means to refresh, to bring back freshness, to bring back the color, to bring back the light, to bring back the life, to renew, to revive. It's to bring it back to that. He restores my soul. Say it. He restores my soul. Now let's be honest. We need that. We need that. You need to know this. You need to know this because when you know it, it changes something for you. You know, if you got stuck in the mud and you can't even get out of the vehicle. And when you went to get out of the vehicle, you dropped your phone in the mud and you're by yourself and you just seem to be away from everybody. You know what? You're, you're going to feel kind of down, kind of mad, kind of messed up. Y'all with me? Feeling kind of low. But then all of a sudden somebody drives by and says, hey, I called a big old tow truck and they're coming. You know what they're going to do? They're going to restore you. And you know what? Just knowing, even though it's not there yet, just knowing. How many of you know you're going to feel a little better about everything? You're being looking for snacks under the seat and stuff at that point. Now let's go back to this. The psalmist said, why am I cast down? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? I want, I want to work off of that cast down. There's an, an old English sheep herders term where they will refer to a sheep as a cast sheep. A cast sheep. Let me tell you what a cast sheep is. It's a sheep that has lost its footing. It's got knocked over. It's got turned over and it's on its back and it can't ride itself. The sheep, remember y'all are the sheep? Sheep can't do this on their own. They cannot do this without assistance and it makes them very vulnerable and it's, and it's very, it's very dangerous. I want to show you some pictures here. First of all, here's, there's some sheep. Okay. That's y'all. That's some of y'all, okay? We're multicultural or multi-generational, right there. That's us. All right. We're not real bright, but we're here, okay? We're sheep, okay? Now here is a cast sheep. Look at this. It's very pitiful. He's he's not sleeping. He's not dead. He has fallen over, and they cannot get up. Now let's go and show you another one. There's another one and there's one of you checking on him. Okay. All right. Now let's look at this. David used this imagery. 
The Lord is my shepherd. We're sheep. Why am I cast down? He restores my soul. Why am I, why am I cast down in my soul? This is a sheep who's fallen. He's gotten turned over. He's on his back. He cannot get up without, assist, without assistance. His feet, his little hooves are flailing in the air. He bleats. He cries out. He wears himself out doing this, just flailing his little hooves and bleeding out loud. And here's, here's part of it too. Um, gases build up. Remember, y'all are the sheep. We, we won't go there right now. Um, <laughs> gases build up. And, and let me explain why. In what they call the rumen. Rumen. Because a sheep is a ruminating animal. They eat and then they chew the cud and they bring the cud back up. So their plumbing is a little bit different than ours. And when they're turned over like this, they're not processing right. And gases build up. And so all of this... All of this area, his belly, his chest, get hard because it's filling up and ultimately will suffocate him because the lungs can't operate. Further, the legs are upside down and just the way they are, and you notice they're just these little skinny little legs, and, and the blood goes out of them, the circulation goes bad, they lose strength, they lose feeling, they're just numb, and they're stuck, they're helpless, they're hopeless, they're vulnerable. And there's only a limited time that they can stay this way. If the shepherd, hear me, if the shepherd does not arrive in time, the sheep die. The sheep die. And this makes them, like I said, vulnerable to vultures and buzzards and dogs and coyotes. They're just easy prey. And it can happen to any, any sheep. It's, it's a danger for every sheep. But a good shepherd, everybody say a good shepherd. A good shepherd is constantly doing this. You ready? He's constantly listening because there's a certain cry that they're giving. There's a real, he's listening and you know what else he's doing? He's looking and he's counting. This brings whole new meaning to the other parable where it talks about the shepherd leaves the 99 and he goes in search of the, of the one. We've always, I know in my mind, I always thought the one, well, that's the rebel. They, they walked off their rebellion, they're sinning. But you know what? It, it might just be somebody who got turned over, got knocked over and they're stuck and they're stuck. And you know what he does? He goes, he leaves the 99. You guys good? You guys good? And he's listening, he's looking, he's counting. He realized we got, we got one over here that's down and he goes over and he finds him. And you know what he does with him? He restores him. He restores them in two ways. He restores them in that he brings them back. And he restores them in the sense that what I'm going to show you in just a moment, he restores them over being cast down. A good shepherd does that knowingly, gently, carefully, caringly. He does this. And this is what he does. And I wish I had flannel graph for this or something. He finds the sheep. Y'all with me? He finds the sheep. And that's a good thing because if he finds the sheep too late, what happens? They die. And not only do they die, then it gets really bad because then you, you've got buzzards and coyote and them fighting over it. And it's just, you know, that's just the way the enemy is. And so when he finds a sheep, here's what he does. He stands over them, he straddles them, and he reaches down into the wool and gets good handfuls of that wool and pulls them up. 
He jerks them. He yanks them up. It's important that he does that. Not just a gentle, gentle, gentle. But we got to get everything going. We got we got to get things broke up and moving again. And he's going to yank them up. How many of you need a yank now and then? And he pulls them up. And then I watched some video of some guys doing this. And sometimes they even hook their leg behind the hind legs of the sheep. And they'll start to massage them and pat on them and rub them and get them going. They're talking to them. They're getting them going. And they don't just stand them up and stand back because guess what? They don't have their footing and they don't have feeling. They're just going to go down again. And so when somebody gets down, they're going to have to have the Lord, our shepherd, stay with them a little bit. And he's not mad. He's not like, stupid sheep. You do it again. There's none of that going on. Just lovingly, caringly, working. This is hard stuff. And holding them up. And working out. Get, getting the gases broke up. And getting massaging. Getting the circulation going again. Until he gets these two things. You ready for this? To get some feeling back. And get some footing back. And you know what? We can get to the place. You can get to the place. I can get to the place where we're losing feeling. And we're losing footing. And we got to pay attention to that because our soul needs to be restored. Well, pastor, what do I do about that? That's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about what you do. We're telling you what you need to know. And you need to know that you have a good shepherd. And he's listening. And he's looking. And he's counting. And he will get to you on time. I know sometimes it feels like, is he coming? Have y'all ever felt like, is the Lord ever going to come and help me with this situation? You got your little hooves in the air and you're... But how many of you know he's always on time? He's always on time. How many wish he'd be a little earlier though? But we got to trust him. We got to trust him. And you know what? You know what? When he's done all of that and the sheep gets its feeling back... And gets its footing back. You know what it is? It's restored. Now here's the deal. This can happen to any sheep. And let me point something out. Every one of you know a cast sheep. Bob your head if that's true. All right, let me take it a little bit further. Every one of you has been a cast sheep. And I would dare say even this morning, some of you right now probably are a cast sheep. And this is what you need to know. He restores my soul. Say it with me. He restores my soul. Who does? He does. You can't. That's not what it says. That's no, you can't get yourself back up. You're about to explode with gas. You've got your little hoofs in the air. Buzzards are circling. But I'm going to tell you what. He's looking. He's listening. He's counting. He will get there on time. He's a good shepherd. And he might yank you up just a little bit. But he's going to do what it takes so you can get your feeling back and you can get your footing back and he can restore you. Can you say amen? Amen. We are sheep and we really, really need a shepherd and we have one. 
And our shepherd, as I said, he looks and he listens and he restores our soul. There's a lot of things where we can cooperate. And that's another message for another day. There's a lot of, you know, grace and it's all grace. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. We're not trying to earn something. It's not a works thing. We have just got to know, bottom line, he restores my soul. He'll use a number of things. The blood of Jesus restores us. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin and renews us. The word of God feeds us and instructs us. The spirit of God indwells us, fills us, empowers us. The people of God surround us and encourage us. And those things will even help to be preventative too. You know, if those things are active in your life, I'm convinced you'll have less need to be restored. You'll have less often be a cast sheep. But here's the deal. It happens for all of us. And what we have to know, and this is our takeaway today, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us, not we ourselves. We're his people and the sheep of his pasture. He's the shepherd and the overseer, overseer, guardian of our souls. And I want you to know this this morning. He's listening. And he's looking. And he's counting. And he restores our soul. Say it one more time. He restores my soul. Now, let me address something real quick. You might be feeling right now, okay, but what do I do? What do I do? I really felt instructed of the Lord, nothing. You just got to know this right now. Just know this. That's the application. I just got to know it. He restores my soul. Say it one more time. Just close your eyes. Just lock yourself off just a moment and say it. He restores my soul. Just hold your hands out in front of you just for a moment as if to receive. Lord, you know every one of us, you are the shepherd and guardian of our soul. You see those that are in this place today that are cast. Life, stress, and justice feel really misunderstood. We've messed some things up. Whatever it would be. God, we're asking for your help. To the best of my ability, I've tried to fulfill this assignment today to just lay this out for your people today that they're just to know this. And now, Lord, I pray that as we leave in just a few moments that you, by your spirit, would remind them of this. And that you, our shepherd, you'll make good on this. And I pray in ways that only you can do. That you'd show up right on time. And do what's necessary to help us get our feeling back and our footing back. And to be restored and revived in our soul. And it will affect how we think and how we feel, how we decide. 
You're our good shepherd. We trust you and we thank you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Good.